Welcome to the March 12th, 2020, I almost said 19, uh, 2020 <laughs> edition of the Science Fiction Club meeting. And uh, Marshall is, and Roger, Roger often goes first, but Martin hasn't been here, so I'm going to force him to go first. I was going to volunteer anyway. Okay, well, yeah, right. I didn't need much force. No, just a little bit. <laughs> All right. Um, the book I read, and I read it a couple months ago, two or three months ago, so I tend to forget a little bit. I don't know if you want me to read, read the introduction material from the Victor Reader itself or just uh, you know, state it. It's called The Fifth Wave by Rick Grant, um, Yancey. Mm -hmm. Did I hear someone's... Somebody sounds like they recognize it. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> okay. I, do I, have, I have not read it, but I recognize it. Oh, good. It's, uh, it, it's uh, a very interesting book. It it deals with aliens coming and taking over the Earth and basically wiping out humanity. Uh, apparently, they find a their planet is no longer inhabitable, and somehow they uh, discover Earth. And they do it in a very sneaky way. They introduce themselves into sleeping mothers who, who are pregnant, and they and, and then they're in the ba they're in the baby, and they lie dormant for years until they're awoken. And uh, they're virtually un undistinguishable from regular humans. Uh -oh. And in the meantime, they uh, unleash different plagues on humanity, I think using bird droppings, and they pretty much wipe out most of humanity. Now, the book is it, it, it's narrated and mostly by a teenage girl by the name of Kathy. And she, she's very, uh, she is very realistic. She talks like a teenager in many ways, uses expressions. But she describes how, you know, she survives being one of the few last humans on Earth. And uh, in the meantime, her brother, uh, who also survived with her, and of course, the flashbacks before the, the arrival of the aliens, and her life with her family, and how her, her, her family dies you know, from the virus and everything. And then... Um, it turns out that there's a camp. There's some survivors, and these buses go around picking up young children and take them to this camp, and they claim to be, uh, they train them to fight against the aliens, and they go through all kinds of training, and it turns out that they're, they're not really against the aliens. They're actually run by the aliens, and they're training them to, to hunt uh, the, the humans, the few that oh, are left. Boy. In the meantime, in the meantime, she, me, the, the, those humans that, that are that are infiltrated by aliens are called watchers, and one of them sees her and actually shoots her, but at the same time he has conflicted feelings about her. Apparently, he is one of the few aliens who is against the, the destruction of of Earth of, of humanity, and um, she he takes her he takes her wounded back to his farmhouse, and for a while she doesn't know. I mean, she's a you know, he describes himself as an, as an isolationist and goes out night hunting and everything. And she later discovers that actually he's one of those, but he's decided to switch sides and join the humans against his own people, if you want to call them people. Mm. Um, it's interesting because this book is a, it's the first of a sequel. I knew it. Right. The so, battle continues. Exactly, <laughs> and, it, and it ends that it, 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 the book ends when they when they're able to blow up the base where where these aliens are training these young young people and a few survive, including 
including Kathy, who's the name of the girl, and her lover, who I think his name is Evan, by the way, who turns out to be a renegade from the from the aliens. Yes, you found me out. Right. <laughs> so that's basically a, a quick a quick um, glimpse of it. I, I I enjoyed it. I thought the portrayal of the young girl, the way she spoke and everything, was very realistic, and it has some interesting concepts concepts about what aliens can do. If you like those type of books that deal with the, with the latter mm -hmm. day destruction of, of humanity and things like that, you know there are days when I and I don't think that's such a bad idea. Believe it or not, there, there are days when I when I just you know when I read the news and I'm thinking, <laughs> would would things be better off if we weren't you know I I just. I don't know. I don't think I'm misanthropic exactly, but there are times when I just get this I, feeling. I, I, I I just, friend, come on, guys. I have a friend who loves to read science, science fiction, but I mean, Maria Kanda, I've been urging her to come to our meetings. She thinks that we're playthings of the gods, that, that they're really, they, God is aliens and are just playing with mm. us. Oh, well. Okay. I think, <laughs> they have, I think they have some moral shortcomings then. Anyway, um, who came in? Marshall. Marshall? Marshall, I thought I recognized your partial number, because it doesn't show full numbers anymore, but I thought mm -hmm. I recognized your partial numbers there. The Fifth Wave by Rick yes. Yancey, and that was on Bard or Bookshare? Or it was on Bard. Oh, okay. Maybe okay. a Bookshare also, but I got it from Bard. Yeah, I always check these out when I do the Newswire. I check, actually, I usually check both, because one... Bard usually has better series information than Bookshare. Bookshare has it on some titles, but not all, all right. of them. The problem with Bard is that you've got to go into the page where the book is to get the series info. They don't put it in the title. Bookshare does. you need the number? No, I don't need the number. I can okay. find it easily enough. I just put in the title or oh, okay. and it'll come up because uh, it's not a common title like, um, right. I don't know, something. It's not uh, like... I can't think of it now that I'm on the spot. But anyway, um, like you put in a title in Bookshare and you get hundreds of results. Like, uh, But this won't be one of them. So I'll put it into Bard and get the series info if there is any. Like that that uh, series last uh, that um, David reviewed last, it's the first in a series apparently. And I didn't know it. I looked it up on Bard and there it says something about the lock something I can't remember, Lock Tomb Series 1 or something like that. Um, so I put, I try to get those into the newswire when I can. So I'll look it up and get that. Probably the, bar, the, the Barn Express will allow you to get series real easily. Yeah, I never, I don't have even used Barn Express. I, I just go up and look at it. Right. Uh, type in the title and look at it. Um, so, uh, uh well, who wants to go next? If anyone, are you? Are you? Who wants to go next? Anybody? <laughs> Marshall, how okay. you doing? Yeah, I got your um, sector general. Oh yeah, that was the the ninth sector general book that you reviewed last month. You said you thought there might be eight, but this was the ninth one. The one you did, Galactic Gourmet, is the ninth one. So either that's the there last. Are, there one. are actually three more beyond that. Uh -huh. So he wrote a dozen at least. Yeah. I finished off the series, but I'm going to review the Genesis fleet, and I don't remember the author. Oh, uh, well, I'll look it up. I think it's I think it's Campbell. I think it's the same guy that wrote the Lost Fleet mm. books. 
I'll look it up. I'll find it. And he's an ex-Navy officer. I found that book that uh, uh, Roger mentioned last month that was similar to the Andromeda strain, but he had the author correct. It was Harry Harrison. I looked it up on Bookshare, and there it was, the Jupiter Plague that mm -hmm. he said he liked actually better than the Andromeda strain. Uh, so I'll find it. Even if you don't Interesting know that we're talking about the Andromeda strain and Andromeda evolution mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. Jupiter plague mm -hmm. with coronavirus running around loose. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, synchrony. Anyway, this is a, one of those multi-book recordings. It has all three books in the series. Hmm. These people land on a planet and are attacked by another planet, both human. Um, I can't say I really liked it. The, they had some battle stuff in it, which was probably pretty accurate, but they also had some political stuff, and I just never got into it the way I did, well, my favorite military sci-fi series, uh, Honor Harrington. Uh, but it was about the only book I found that I'd want to review. I'm, I haven't read much science fiction. I did try and start the Andromeda evolution, but just never got into it very deeply. But this book is okay, but not one I'd really recommend. Mm. So you're not going to read the sequel? Well, they're all in the same omnibus, so I read the whole trilogy. Oh, okay. What was it about at a high level? Well, basically this colony lands on this planet, another colony world tries to take take over they get into battles uh, go out and find other colonies that are having trouble uh, finally form uh, kind of their own navy and you know it's just I just never got into it I don't think I liked the characters particularly. And I really didn't want to hear about politics. Hmm. Uh, I can't imagine why. <laughs> but it's an okay book, but it's not as good as the Honor Harrington books. Uh -huh. um, even though it's probably more accurate. Uh, do you have a Bookshare account, or do you you don't read Bookshare books, do you? I do read them. They're uh, not my top choice. Because I'm about to finish scanning the final book in the Familius Renant series for Anne, nope. who's going to prove... That's uh, Elizabeth Moon. Oh, We've done five of them so far, and um, we're getting Goodness. them on Bookshare. and They're rather large. They're the ones with the Serrano... Legacy and you know that uh, universe. You're probably familiar with it. Anyway, are you talking about Vados of Wars? 
I don't know if it's the same universe or not. Anne's the expert on it, so um, it might be, but I'm not positive about that. Anyway. Does she come uh, sometimes? I can't. I know. I she, she has, did. but she hasn't been. She missed in December because she had, but her she hasn't concert, been here since. Her music. She does that choral stuff. It might be tonight. It could be. I'm going to write to her and find out um, and see if. Yeah, uh, Miss Parsons. Yeah, because she's the expert on that. And by the next meeting, she will have finished it because she said Oof. to give it to her by the Ides of March. So uh, that's Sunday. So anyway. You think she has a Braille display? Don't know. If she, has she Braille, does. She's, she probably, yeah, she's pretty good with Braille, I think. Anyway. I don't, don't know which kind of Braille display, but I know she has one. Oh, okay. Yep. So, um I won't digress to tell you about the great deal I got on the blind ads on a braille display today. But anyway, um, anyway, um, Liz, Lindsay, would you like to go next just for fun? Well, sure. Um, okay, so I am just beginning the third book of this trilogy. It's the Southern Reach. Um, wait a minute. Um, yeah, just the Southern Reach um, trilogy by Jeff Vandermeer. I know the his first... name. I probably okay. read some short work by him, but none of his yeah, novels. Yeah, yeah. The first book in the series is called Annihilation. The second book is called Authority. And the third is called Acceptance. And they're all on Bard. Um, so the premise, um, the first book starts us off getting ready to, um, they're getting ready, this, the organization, the Southern Reach organization, is getting ready to set off a 12th expedition into this area of the, the state that, or the country, um, that has been basically totally taken over and transformed in the last 30 years. And every expedition prior to this 12th one has kind of ended tragically, let's put it that way. The first one, they came back and they talked about how pristine the land was and that it was just beautiful. And um, so that's why they continued to send expeditions. But like one expedition ended up in everybody committed suicide. Um, another one ended up, they found them, they were all basically shot each other. <laughs> you know, it, was, it was obvious they had this big shootout. Um, but the, the 11th expedition, um, they all came back, um, but they had no memories of anything that happened to them in this Area X, and they all died within a year. So they're sending in this 12th expedition, which is four women, and to preserve the um, um, scientific nature, I guess, of the whole expedition, they kind of reduce people. They, they take away people's personality. Uh, uh, individual personalities to the point that they refer to each other by their function and not their names. So you have a biologist who is essentially the narrator of this book, and you have a psychologist who kind of seems to be the leader, um, and an archaeologist, and, oh, let's see, a biologist, archaeologist, um, psychologist, and I can't remember the fourth one. Anyway, um, so when they get to this um, Area X, again, we don't know what it is, but it's just 
the psychiatrist or the psychologist, I'm sorry, the psychologist kind of hypnotizes them all so that as they're going through this like invisible border into area X, they won't be fully aware of what's happening to them. Okay, so the once they're there, they set up camp, they go off exploring, and they come across this thing that the biologist said to her is a tower, only it's an inverted tower. She sees she has a vision of this, this structure going straight down into the ground. Other people call it a tunnel, but she insists on calling it a tower because it basically goes straight down. And while they go down to that tower, the tower seems to be evolving. Um, you know, at first the walls are concrete, and then as time goes on, they become more flesh-like. And there are, um, there's some writing on the wall, and the biologist realizes that it's not ink, it's, it's, it's basically these organisms that are creating these words, and even though they're not familiar, the, the language isn't familiar to anybody, she kind of figures out what it is, and um, at some point, these organisms, like, spew a bunch of spores into her face, uh -oh. and so she knows she's been contaminated, but what that does is it makes her impervious to the psychologist's um, hypnotic suggestions and that she discovers that the psychologist is really controlling the group um, she's got these set hypno you know the, the uh, things that she says to, to get people to kind of fall in line but she's impervious to it so she can kind of be more fully aware of what's going on and they are, explore this area X and they each kind of have different perceptions at times but they come across this lighthouse and in the lighthouse they um, discover many things, but among those things are a lot of the journals from the previous expeditions. And then we find out that the biologist's husband had been a part of the 11th expedition. And when he went into the expedition, their marriage had been in serious trouble. And when he came back from the expedition, she knew he was changed. Um, but, um, you know, and then he died, of course, of cancer. Uh, and, but that is, that's what motivated her to, to try to be a part of the 12th expedition, to go in and check out and see what happened. Anyway, um, it, it takes you through their adventures, and essentially um, the expedition does not appear to end well. Um, in, in, the, in the journal that she finds, the biologist finds of her husband, he tells her that no matter what you think has happened, you need to come look for me. Just go north on the river, go north toward the island. So as that book ends, knowing that she's been exposed to whatever it is that seems to be evolving and almost consuming whatever comes into the area X, they're still not sure, they don't know what caused this area to, to happen, they don't know what event caused it or who's behind it, but something has changed that land and then anything that goes into it sort of gets absorbed into it and then spit out in an altered form. Is this the first, the end of the first book? Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yes. Sir. So the and second this is book, on Earth? Is this on Earth? Well, we yeah. Don't I mean, they don't, they don't really, it, it's kind of an ambiguous, they don't tell you what state it is, but it's a coastal uh -huh. state. So, oh, okay, yeah, so it's can, in on, it is on Earth, so. Yeah, yeah, it might be California, it might be uh, Oregon. It sounds like some kind a, of nanotech experiment or something. That might yeah. Wrong or something. Yeah, well, that, 
the second the second book um, except I mean uh, authority really takes you inside the Southern Reach organization itself mm -hmm. um, yeah, you get to know the organization and how the people functioned and you know some of the shenanigans that are going on and it gives it gives you a little bit more information about the expeditions um, and you come to discover that again what you think happened in the first book uh, you think that you know the expedition ended all well anyway um, you discover that things were not all as they seemed and the biologist becomes prominent in that book again and um, as it ends up she and one of the um, area, I mean, one of the Southern Reach um, questioners, the, the, the one that was questioning her about her experience and trying to uncover information from her that she didn't have because she had no memory of what, what was good or like that, you know, at least that's what she was telling them. She, she couldn't remember anything. Um, so the third book promises to kind of explain the uh, mysteries of Area X and it's kind of like, uh, I just got started with it, so I really can't give you any. Anyway, they returned to they returned to Area X. So. Oh yeah, they're not going to let it go. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> so it's it's interesting enough to keep me going on, but I'm really going to be upset if they don't explain what happened or how Area X got started. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like okay, don't 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 build it all up, you know, because you really this is one of those trilogies you absolutely have to read them all. You're not unless you hate it. You don't want to continue on with the series. You you can't read them as a standalone at all. Um, and so I'm going to get through the third one. And again, I'm going to be very upset if it doesn't end <laughs> with a complete explanation as to what's going on. <laughs> anyway, that's my book. So it is pretty interesting. It does well, sound interesting, well actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Do you want me? I can get you the the DB numbers on that if you want. Just the title. What's the title? Oh, okay. What's the title of the first one? The, um, Annihilation. Annihilation. And uh, the second one is Authority. Authority. And the third one is Acceptance. Hmm. When did those come out? I may have missed them. Uh, 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah, I probably did. Yeah. Wow. Well... Sherry or David? Okay, I guess I'll go. Okay, Sherry. David isn't jumping in, so <laughs> I'll, I'll I will jump ladies in. first. I'm old-fashioned. Old uh, yes. I know that's not the trend. All this gender equality and neutrality. All that ladies first is going to have to go. Well, now I feel like I should make you go first. No, <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> oh, that's well, I read a classic that probably most of you have read but I had never read yet and it's The Forge of God by Greg Bear. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I liked it too. Um, it's about, uh, at the beginning they discover some geologists in Death Valley discover this mountain that doesn't belong there and they make a big deal out of saying not only doesn't it have any like plants and animals, it doesn't have any beer cans. So clearly it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> they mentioned that several times, which I thought no was kidding. <laughs> so somebody else goes out and they find this little alien creature that they capture, and the alien tells them that Earth is doomed, and you need to prepare that you're doomed and you're going to be all killed. And everybody comes and interviews this alien who speaks perfect English, 
and the president of the United States and everybody else. And he can't really give him much, he or she can't give him much information. And eventually the alien dies and they do an autopsy and he appears not to, not to be, a, you know, appears to be a robot type character. Australia at the same time has the same sort of thing with three robot-ish aliens who are kind of giving them the same message. And after our alien dies, their three aliens all blow up and they're gone. And so there's a lot of people involved, scientists and politicians and people running around trying to figure out, you know, what does this mean? What's going on? Meanwhile, we've got these little robot spiders that prick people. And once they do, these people are connected to an network of aliens who are trying to help us avoid being destroyed and they tell us that it appears that there are aliens out there that have discovered i forget at the beginning of the book too they talk about the fact that jupiter's moon europa has disappeared no one knows why well these aliens apparently go around and destroy worlds and sort of ingest them for their own perpetuation and that's what is predicted to happen to Earth unless somebody can figure out something to do to prevent that. And I really liked the book. It, it's it's slow moving, which I, I tend not to mind too much. Um, I really liked the way it ended, and there is a sequel, but I probably won't read it because I was just satisfied with the way this ended, and I don't That's need it anymore. Anvil of Stars by yes. Greg Bear is the sequel. Is it Anvil? Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was Anvil of Stars or Anvil of God, but yeah, Anvil I knew it was Anvil of Stars. Yeah, uh-huh. I like those books. They were good. Greg Bear is... He's know, a good author, yeah. Yeah, he's, he tends to be pretty uh, imaginative. Right, and it ended in a, you know, usually, I don't want to give too much away, but usually, you know, somebody in the United States comes thundering along and saves the day, and, and that didn't exactly happen here, but it does still have a nice a satisfying ending i thought anyway yeah i don't want to spoil it too much either right. but I, I thought it was a good ending but um yeah they they start noticing that the oceans are changing yep. uh, you know there's the, some like tsunami type explosions they yeah, discover something in the earth's core yep that's gonna be you know not bode well and so it's it's okay. it was good i, I like and it. the name yep. again is the it's called the forge of god Okay. Forge of yeah. God and uh, it's pretty old. It was written in the seventies, I think. It's uh, on bars. Eighties, okay. Eighties. Yeah. yeah, no cell phones or anything like that in here, which okay. was fine. Yeah, it was written after Eon and Eternity, I think. Yeah, he's a good author. I've read other stuff of his I've liked, and a lot of his short story stuff and analogers Anasimov too. I've always well, been. he's got a complete. Uh, there's a complete. Uh, collection of his stories yep. on Bard. Uh, it's quite long. Yeah. I haven't got to it yet because I'm reading a couple of other anthologies. The New Space Opera 2 and modern classics, short novels of science fiction, a couple of, you know, some stuff uh-huh. like that. So I got my plate full. And uh, yeah, it was a good book. I think I probably read it a couple of times actually many years ago. I've read it recently. But. Uh, well, I've always heard of it, but I finally got around to reading it. Yeah, but why not read the sequel just because it's a good book? Well, you you know you're convincing me that maybe I should. I, I yeah. There's always it's more book. imaginative. <laughs> there are more aliens in it. I'm sure it, there are. Yeah. It takes place out in space. Right. 
uh, and their goal is to go find the people who did it. Mm-hmm. And they also talk about colonizing Mars, I think. Yep. So, so yeah. it's good. Okay. Um, yeah, well, and get to uh, get to the algebras too. I know. You've One got of these a weeks. building up. I have a cue. Yeah, I always I tried, have a cue. Yeah, I, I, I tried to too. get to read the algebraist once. I couldn't get into it. You uh -oh. have to give it time. Is what is it about? Well, time? it's twenty-four hours long, so it doesn't start out with a bang. You know. Oh, uh, right. Is it part of a series? No. Good. No, it's not. Who wrote it? Ian Banks. Okay, that's that universe. Which one? No, is? no, Ian? it's not in the culture universe. Oh. Separate setting. Oh. Separate universe. But it is complicated. He is cerebral. He's pretty cerebral. His his, his aliens are 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 you know, his technology is very advanced. His his political structures are pretty complicated. And okay, I'm you got to pay attention. Again. And yeah, you, I'm it's, try it again. But, I, but I like him. He tends to be a little too violent sometimes. But this book is actually not as bad as some of the culture books in that respect. There is an unnecessary plot line. That I think the book could have done just as well without, but other than that, it's a good, <clears throat> a good book, and and, he, and his descriptions of of life on a Jupiter-sized world is what where the really advanced aliens live on so, a Jupiter-sized so world. Is it about that, human people too, or just aliens, or it's how they interact? Oh no, it's about both. Oh, it's about both, but the humans are fairly oh. uh, advanced now. Okay, they are. They I have. have to they go live a lot longer and. You know, they live a lot longer and they have a lot more control of their genetics. And kind stuff. of like that 2312 world, a little, maybe. I guess, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that, only uh, there are Even humans more. and there are aliens also. And oh. It's great. I enjoyed it. If you like yes. something really imaginative and sprawling and but, long, you'll like it. Before I do mine, I wanted to briefly ask you all, if any of you read the new Neil Stevenson book, I tried to, the one about the people living in the virtual world, and it's it's just strange. It, it almost seems like the virtual world has good and evil in it. It's like the virtual world, it's like we created a virtual world, and if we created one, how do we know that something more advanced than us, we aren't in their virtual world? That was the yeah. point. I, did, I didn't well, finish it. I didn't like I've it. I've heard it. Is it on Bard? Oh, I yeah. I don't remember. Oh, yes. What's it called? Uh, oh God, I forgot. Uh, what is it? It's got a one-word title. A lot of his books do. Oh. Anathem and Seventies. And did you read an Anathem? No, I, I couldn't get into it very well. I couldn't either. understand it. Sometimes he's he's too complicated. Yeah, I didn't really get into it very. And well. of course, he's got that Cryptonomicon that tr that trilogy that jumps all over time and space. Mm. And I don't always do well. I like the Diamond Age. And I like that too, even though I that was pretty strange too. But I liked it. It was kind of strange. Parts of it got strange. Yeah, well, um, you would expect that kind of a world. I mean, that was really super advanced technology there. They had, you know, straw. You know, nanotech was all over the place. And, I mean, their clothes would clean themselves because the nanites in the clothes would push the dirt back out of the fabric, and then if they oh, wanted to put nice. you, if they wanted to put you in jail, they just injected you with nanites and told you you have to stay inside this big area. If you walk outside the line, somehow the computer sends a signal and the nanites inside of you explode. Oh so, my! Oof, you're going. Oh my! Wow! Hey. And and they had that they had that tablet that had all 
that information in it and it would branch depending on what you did it would tell you a different story and right you know it was really i mean uh it was good and i also liked snow crash quite i've never read i should have that was i'm sorry what was the title of that last book again the diamond age Age. okay about 1997 i think yeah something like that it it got kind of weird at the end sometimes nanotechnology gets weird because well, it, it, society is going to get weird. Oh, that's and scary. It's already. Once we get, well, yeah, it's already, you know, started. I guess we'll live to see it. We may. We might. Brad Kurzweil says he's going to live long enough to live forever so he can be up well, into a machine. <laughs> I have a, I don't think about living forever. I think of this quote that somebody had on their email, you know, how people what? put these quotes. And, and it was not a blind list. It was on, a, oh. and the the quote was from a book by uh, Terry Pratchett. One guy says, "Do you want to live forever?" And the other guy says, "I don't know. Ask me again in five hundred years." That's a good quote. <laughs> oh, okay. It would get so bored. I think after a thousand years. Well, if you stayed the same, it would. But oh. if you changed, mm-hmm. it might not it might get not. boring. Did Pratchett? Is he the one? Did he just die, or did he just announce that he has Alzheimer's? Somebody? No, he died some years ago okay. of Alzheimer's. Okay. Whoops. Yeah. Did Discworld? Is that yes. Discworld? Yeah, he did that. I read them. I knew some people that liked them in college. That's more but... fantasy, though, isn't it? Yes, that's more fantasy. Because I can't imagine how you would live on a flat plate. That'd be weird. A lot of oh, people. Now there we are do. people. I was going to say there <laughs> are some people that. <laughs> well, do you want to do your book, or should yeah, I do I'm mine? Sorry. You go I'll ahead. Mine. You go mine ahead. Well, mine won't be long. Well, I'm g- I'll put some of these in the newswire though, because we mentioned okay. them, and then people will have yeah. the titles and. It yeah. takes time, David. Stuff. We're in no hurry. Okay. Yeah. Really? Madeline Rue I mean, is we're all, the author. We're all kind of social isolated. Yeah, we've gotten so. to know each other. Madeline Rue is the author. The book is called Salvaged. The number is DB97865. It's sort of one of those young adult books I've told you about. The annotation says, while on the run from her life and family, Rosalind takes a job cleaning up research expeditions in space when she arrives at a research vessel that has gone dark. She finds the crew alive, but infected with, uh, um, hang on, with a parasitic alien. The narrator, um, her father runs a biotech comp- company and Rosalind's friend, Annie, has gotten a hold of some strange samples, thinking she can use them to um, improve the medicine in this world. The year is 2269. And the samples, a glowing blue fungus takes over its host. So you, you're going to get her trying to outsmart this alien mind control thing. And one of the people, at least two of the people on the ship, the captain and the scientist, are not completely taken over. They can fight it. And with their help, she finds out that there is a central space station where this stuff has gotten loose. So they have to destroy the space station and it tells you what happens when she co- goes back to her father's company on the uh, space station new tokyo it's kind of interesting but i think it's more for young people it, it wasn't cutting edge in the sense i mean it wasn't anything new it was sort of the same space stations you know a parasitic blue fungus alien we don't know 
how that alien works or anything, but it takes over your mind and it manipulates your memories and talks to you as though it were your mother and freaks you out and then basically controls you even when your skin is falling off and you're half dead. It's moving you around like a puppet. It's kind of, I guess, sort of more as, as much horror as science. We did a book about, we did a book that had that in it. You did, um, I don't remember. Oh man, now I'm not going to come up with it. Um, but that was about a book. Remember, there was there was a, a research scientist who um, got it, and the, the, they went to the jungle, and, and and this guy was infected, and he was leading this army that was infecting people that was going to. I guess know, alien take, infections are possible. I've got to look it up. Them. I'm going to have to look it up now. Wasn't it? Was that another Blake Crouch book? Was that a book that everyone read together? Or I think it, it might have been. I'll have to look it up now. I think yeah, I'll find it. only had two. He's had Recursion and that other first one about that guy who could go into parallel worlds. What was the Recursion one about? Recursion was was weird. I read it and I did not understand. It was about your, like your, you could change time and go back and change things in time. But I didn't oh, okay. quite understand. He's complicated. That wasn't it. I'll have to look it up. I know. No, because that one just it, came out last year. I'll you, find it because it's in my. See, this is why I don't delete the books I've read. I'll find it in my list uh -huh. of books that I've read. Uh, but I won't find it in my memory just now. But I'll write to the list about it. But I did read Change Agent by Daniel Suarez. Oh, that was good. And I enjoyed it quite a lot. And uh, it's another book about genetic engineering. It's very good, though. though I'm not convinced everything he uh, um, projects will work. But, um, and this is where I was explaining at the beginning, we were talking about science and, and how far behind, you know, Americans were. This book doesn't take place in America oh, at Singapore, all. Oh, it's Singapore, right? Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, every cluster, well, in America, in 20, this is 2045, and Silicon Valley has kind of left America in the sense, you know, the spirit of Silicon Valley is left in America because, you know, every cluster of human cells was considered a baby, a quarter of the population wasn't vaccinated, and a majority of Americans no longer believed in evolution, and uh, social media-powered opinions carried more influence uh, than peer-reviewed scientific research. So um, it's kind of like taking the trends we see now and projecting them to their logical conclusion, meaning America is now a back, in this book, America is now a backwater. The scientific uh, forefront is in Asia. And um, so he is, he, the, the main uh, character, Kenneth, is a criminal. He, he works for Interpol, and they have a genetic crimes division now, and he goes after people who are changing, you know, making genetic changes that are illegal. I mean, you're allowed to make certain genetic changes that cure things, but... There, there are criminal gangs, you know, that have their own clouds, you know, now computing is so pervasive, you know, by that time they have their own cloud computing and they can figure out, you know, how to make genetic edits on people and they can sell, you know, smarter, you know, they can, they can modify children, they can make them smart. 
they go through a whole, he, he, it's really good. Um, okay, maybe I should start at the beginning. He starts to uh, um, go after this gang, the Huli Jing is called, and um, they are, they're, okay, let me see, I have trouble reviewing books because I figure I have to know where to start. Um, there are a lot of refugees going, floating around. The, the inequality has gotten even worse than it, and there are a lot of refugees going, you know, going from place to place. And, um, and what they're doing is they're taking genetic samples of these people and, you know, processing them and learning how to modify genetics and conducting experiments and they're selling to wealthy people, you know, designer show babies, basically. Mm -hmm. And you actually see a show of this in, you know, late when the guy gets injected with something, the guy who's going after this gang, he is uh, accosted, his vehicle, his self-driving vehicle fails to work. And then it stops in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of, Singapore and he's in a place where he doesn't know how to get back to get home because his phone isn't working and all this stuff and he gets injected with something and then he wakes up a few weeks later in a hospital and he looks completely different uh, and he looks like the gang leader who they're going after and Nobody believes he says who you know that he is who he says he is. I think there are some weaknesses here, but since they don't since they don't know that this that you can make genetic edits on adults because they only knew about children. They didn't know that you could change an adult to make him look different, and so they think that he is the gang leader. They found him in a car, and you know, that he was nearly dead. He was supposed to die, actually, the guy that they changed. And they were supposed to find his body and think that the gang leader was dead and, you know, stop looking for him. That was the plan. But they managed to revive this guy, and he's in the hospital, and they noticed that, you know, he consumed a lot of calories while he was in the hospital. They had him on intravenous feeding and he's gained a lot of weight he's gained a lot of muscles he looks very different and he's even got tattoos on his skin that activate when he gets really emotional and the tattoos look just like the ones on the gang leader so he escapes he's supposed to be killed he wasn't supposed to, he was supposed to die and the the gang leader finds out that he's still alive and he's supposed to be killed in a phony escape, like he's trying to escape from the police who come to get him because they think he's the gang leader. And, but he manages to escape, and he finds... I'm, I'm skipping over some things. There are some scenes in here that look like Suarez was eyeing a movie option. You know, mm -hmm. uh, he, he. there are a few things that I think are a little more like what Schwarzenegger would do, you know, in The Terminator or something. But anyway, overall, I enjoyed the book a lot. So anyway, he goes to this guy... Since he's the head of this uh, police organization, he's got people on the criminal side, you know, he's small-time people that inform, and they work with plants, and they change the plants, and they make them look like, you know, small-time stuff like that. And he guides him to somebody who's 
more skillful who makes the you know who and he gets his own he smuggles himself he gets into his own house and gets some of his original dna from some hair roots that he's got in a comb or whatever and so he gets across to malaysia from singapore in a artificial shark and he has to climb inside it. It's very vividly described. It's very unpleasant. Um, was. But he can't get him out because the police are looking for him. He can't just, you know, fly out. He can't get in a boat. So they smuggle him out underwater across the Singapore Strait into Malaysia where he meets this genetic engineering guy. And he says, well, I'll take you to these people who, you know, they have the resources to do this. I can't do it. So he takes them to this gang in Thailand, and there's a journey in a self-driving car that's kind of fun. You know, a bunch of refugees get on it, and you know the they, you know the drive the car takes them to a certain spot, and they get off, and it's like they stand in front of the car, and the car isn't going to run them down. So the only way he can get, keep moving is if he takes them, because they won't stand. You know, the car isn't going to. You can't. The self-driving car is not going to let. He's not going to run any, anybody over. So anyway, so he gets to uh, this city in Thailand and he meets these people in this gang. Um, 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 and that's where he sees the show. And they bring out these six-year-old children. One of them is just super smart. She can speak different languages. And, you know, she is incredibly, you know, if, it's, if it actually. And, and he does describe some of the genetic modifications. He talks about where the modifications are made. So, you know, a, a, a you know, so he put, tries to give some scientific verisimilitude to how these genetic edits are made. Another one has real strong muscles, and they said, well, you can get a more streamlined look if you want. Another one sings operatically. You know, she's got vocal cord modifications. And then, so this guy, Brian, who goes, who, you know, is the genetic engineer that Kenneth gets with, he knows the guy who runs this organization. They had some business previously. And so he meets up with this guy who's the gang leader. He's a gang leader also, but not the big one. He's just one of the smaller gang leaders. But he still, he still has genetic capabilities. You know, he's running this, you know, children, you know, wealthy people come to get their genetic, their embryos modified and stuff. And they, they can pick what they want and they get to see the floor show, you know, and everything. So he sees this guy, Vegas, he's got a first name, but I forget what it was, and Vegas is not happy with him because he left, he, uh, they did some shady things and he, Brian left him and he was bank, nearly bankrupt. So he brings out these military kids, he's got, he's modified their brains and, you know, and they're like little kids and they look like, you know, they're like psychopathic kids and, so anyway, the guy whose body he looks like, the main guy, the, the Ken, his name's Marcus Wicks. He's from the Hootley Jane. He's the lead guy, and he discovers that Kenneth did not die. So now he's got to go pursue him and kill him and find out, you know, and make it look like his body is found somewhere so he can, you know, act like he's dead. And they won't stop, and they'll stop looking. So he sends this guy after him who seems to be immune from neurotoxin and stuff because he kills people with these things. But he's immune to it himself. And it turns out that he's got uh, genetic modifications that he uses uh, mirror molecules in his 
DNA, you know, left right hand versus left hand. Some of you might understand that. That was weird. Um, yeah, and I'm not positive that that's going to work because what's he going to eat? You know, that's what that's what I wondered. Uh, but anyway, um, so he comes after him and kills lots and lots of people. But Kenneth and Brian escape in a helicopter that the that the Vegas had in his uh, in his club, and it's a self driving helicopter and it flies a lot. And it's another movie action scene that zigzags around between buildings, and everything, and. And it, it takes him to another helicopter, and about three or four helicopters later, he finally gets to Bangkok. And there, uh, he meets up with some people. I'm taking too long with this. I'm sorry, guys. Um, he meets up with some people, and they go into Burma, or Myanmar. Yeah, he decides that, that he's going to get to Myanmar. He wants to get this change agent that he's heard about to change him back into his original self. And he's going to, and he can only get it from the Huli Jing. They, this, this gang that Vegas was running, they can do modifications on children, but they don't have the, the change agent that the, main, the gang, the big gang has to change adults. So he's got to go there to get it. And I'm not going to spoil it too much. There's a long scene, I think it's a bit too long, where they're traveling through the jungle with these uh, rebels who are, you know, rebelling against the My Myanmar government, which still hasn't, you know, still military run like it is now. Um, and it's an, it's a, you know, uh, I guess it's a bit of a break from the action scenes earlier, but it's a really good book. Um, I'm not going to spoil it and tell you how it all finishes, but I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, as I said, I'm not sure how all it all would work. I'm not sure how this mirror guy, um, would actually be able to exist out Evan, in the world. Didn't you like the money, they had the bit like Bitcoin they were using when he was fleeing. He had small amounts of this Bitcoin sort of currency, and they could they would accept it as long as it was not in a huge denomination. So you could use these various kinds of cyber cash when he was in the yeah. You know, I like never. That. Yeah, um, it was it was really he's worked things out. He really as has. Far as if, he writes again. If you've written, well, he's written some other books. If you look I've on Bookshare, he's got several. Uh, books by him before. Roger has read, and I well, he reviewed. I read Demon and Freedom before. I, I read both of those, and they're both on Bard. He really works out most of his. You know, most of his stuff is very believable. Um, most of his stuff is very believable. As I said, I don't know about the mirror guy Otto. That's his name. And um, but overall, he really works things out well. I mean. Um, you know, he talks about, you know, what the societies are, what, what, how syn synthetic biology, all the different things that it's being used for now and, you know, growing, you know, not just plants, but, you know, growing actual buildings and stuff and, you know, um, curing diseases and, uh, curing, um, you know, and there are still, you know, he's got light field projectors now. They're not screens. They project things directly into your eye, and it looks very realistic. He says computer electronic, or the consumer electronics industry was was kind of decimated by that, but I don't believe that because they, Samsung and, and Sharp and them can make light field projectors just as well as they can make screens probably. But anyway, a couple of minor things, but it was a good book. 
I really enjoyed it. Did you get it from Bookshare? No, I got it from Bard. Oh, really? Audio, yeah, and it's a commercial audio book. The narrator was just fabulous. Wow. Um, I never heard of him before, but he was nice. really good. Did he write something about controlling some sort of worldwide drug that took over people or something like that? I, I, I may be mixing it up with something else, but it, the name certainly sounds, you know, his name sounds familiar to me. Well, I don't know. I've only read the three books by him. Um, so, and it wasn't any of them. The other one, remember, Demon was about the video game that that guy had. And he did and one he, about the future, actually. We're more advanced than we thought, but the government was taking it away from us. And this scientist goes and finds out what's going on, and they lock him up in this you-can't-get-out-of-it kind of prison, only he outsmarts them. I don't remember if it was called Inference or, or something like that. It was a zippy one-word title, and it was good. Bard had it, and it was really clever because people you – know, his, his idea was that we remember from – like the New York World's Fair of 1939 and again in 1964. So where are the flying cars and everything, you know, mm -hmm. that, that those worlds depicted. And his point was we had them, but when people would discover them, the government would send this special team in to take mm -hmm. the research oh. away and lock up. Yeah, the you know, frankly, I don't think the government's all that capable, <laughs> but okay. maybe it could. But, I, I'm glad know. then because I was worried like, oh, Lord, did they take a medical advance I needed? And I didn't. <laughs> so I, See, I, I always thought that flying cars thing was, was kind of dumb because, you know, microprocessors are much more interesting than flying cars. Oh. They can do a lot more things than flying cars can do. So I don't care about the flying cars. Uh, for traffic, much. though, you'd have layers of it. It wouldn't all have to go on surface roads. That's true, but that's all it can do is travel. Right. It can't do, a, you know, a microprocessor can do an infinite number of things. What do you think, though, about um, transporter technology? I read a, a short story collection by, I think his name was James Patrick Kelly. I'll be real quick. And the first one, it was something about a time for dinosaurs or something like that. And the first one was this group of aliens ran the transporter technology, and it created an exact replica of you, like on the nano or femto scale, but it killed the original you because it literally made a copy of you on the other cool. one. It had to kill the original you. And in this story, the, the original him was not killed, so there were two of him, and I forget how it ended. It was a kind of creepy story. Mm. Yeah, I don't think mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to take a chance. <laughs> I, that's a philosophical Patrick, problem yeah. that's been around for a while, actually. Oh. I, I don't think I'd want to be killed. Uh, no, no. I don't, I, I don't think so. I, I want to stay, I want to be transported would, as I am. It would be, it's, it's like, would you take it away and Star Trek falls apart? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well. They need it. Yeah, they need it. So, well, it's after. Yeah, I guess we've done. Yep, time to go. Yeah, That's well, good. yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I just yeah. allow me to, to say that the next meeting of the Science Fiction Club will be on Thursday, April 9th. Oh, 